Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Some have warned that the rapid growth of private equity-backed practices is reminiscent of the rise and fall of the physician practice management companies of the 1990s. On the second part of GIST Healthcare Daily's series about the impact of PE's investment in physician practices, we'll hear from Peter Kindertruck, a former FICOR executive, on how today's trend compares to what happened back then. It's Monday, October 18th, and I'm Alex Olgan with the GIST Healthcare Daily, where I get the headlines and health business and policy news in under 10 minutes. If you like the podcast, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the show. Private equity firms, investors, and other disruptors have been acquiring physician practices at an increasing clip, rolling them up into large groups. The goal here is to achieve scale, gain contracting leverage with insurers, and drive more procedures and other services to non-hospital-owned sites. In our last episode, TrustWorks Collective founder and CEO Anthony DeRedita warned there are some signs that the rise of these roll-ups are starting to look like the 90s. Where we're getting value just out of growth, it's very similar to the 90s. And so you can't help but ask the question, what happens when the growth stops? Because it's the growth and the potential of the growth that's fueling the multiples. And so when that stops, now what? Back then, physician practice management companies, or PPMCs, were gaining momentum and popularity. Back in the 90s, managed care was becoming more popular as a way to control growing healthcare spending. And many thought it seemed likely that so-called Hillary care would become a reality, and physician practices would need to adapt. So, in the early to mid-90s, PPMCs were buying up practices across the country to take on the business functions, help achieve economies of scale, and negotiate better rates with insurers. They were quite common. By one estimate, there were 39 publicly traded PPMCs by 1998. One of the biggest that is most associated with the rise and fall is FICOR. It was founded in 1988 by former HCA executives in Nashville and went public in 1992. Peter Kindrichuk had been working on the business side of multi-specialty groups for years, and he thought FICOR had a good idea. In my experience to that point in my career, medical groups always were in a, uh, a difficult time in terms of just kind of holding it all together. And the, uh, the, the advent of a third party uh, with uh, financing capacity, capital capacity, management expertise uh, that was perhaps more consistent than the, the randomness that you might experience from one medical group to another, um, all of those were factors that... Um, you know, made for a compelling model. 
So he joined in 1994 as an operating vice president where he was in charge of managing multiple medical groups. At the time, there were several factors pushing physician practices to seek this kind of help. One of the motivators for physicians to align with FICOR or other PPMs was the concern that the Hillary Care model, where there was going to be assumption of professional risk for the cost of care by those providers, that that was coming down the pike. It seemed to have some momentum. Ultimately, it didn't happen. But at the time, I think motivated by the concern of how are we going to manage in this very different world, caused a lot of medical groups to seriously consider a relationship with a FICOR or other PPM. Um, I think some of the other reasons were the perception that they could have uh, better management expertise or more particularly as insurance companies were amassing scope and size that they needed to likewise. And then, of course, the, the, the basic management capability and expertise was a, a strong motivator for many. As Peter explains it, FICOR's pitch to practices was... The typical FICOR model had a um, what was called an 85-15 split. So you take the, the pool of income available to the physicians each month, and that would be split 85% to the physicians and 15% to FICOR. The presumption was, and I think there is some truth to it, but the presumption was, was that you were going to improve the economics such that the 15 wouldn't have been a problem. The strategy was to acquire multi-specialty groups and later on to put together new groups from small, single, or few physician primary care practices in the same area. Peter says even though FICOR had somewhere around 55 medical groups and more than 3,800 physicians, one of the problems was that they were too spread out to gain enough leverage with insurers, who were also quickly consolidating at the same time. Peter was involved with groups across Colorado at the time. How relevant is a group in Pueblo relative to their relationship with the uh, the insurance companies compared to a group in in Boulder or in Denver or in Greeley? And yeah, they're they're all in the same state, but it's it's not as though there was you know massive massive scope and size. And I think realistically, we would have probably had to have in the hundreds of medical groups in order to really be you know relevant in terms of a toe to toe negotiator with the insurance companies. Peter said his first clue that things were starting to fall apart was his work with the first group acquired by FICOR, the Green Clinic in Ruston, Louisiana. It was uh, a, a very solid group, but it was a, a great example of a group that in many ways was um, enabled by a FICOR to do the things that they historically had not done. They were sort of the large group in town, a single hospital in town, and they had the ability to uh, invest in various uh, ancillary services, surgery centers, things of that sort. He noticed there was a lot of turnover of physicians over the course of even just a few years. And the new doctors who hadn't gotten the cash from the buyouts weren't happy about paying 15 percent of their revenue to the management company. And not very many years down the road post-transaction, you were dealing with perhaps a third of the physicians who were new, who had not received proceeds, who had this concern about you know, paying the, 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 the 15 percent, if you will. And it struck me that I, I kind of had the benefit of working with what was essentially a ticking time bomb for the entire organization, because while many of these groups were more recent transactions, they were all going to be going through this aging off and, and turnover kind of a situation with this dynamic that was going to be problematic. 
And this started happening with other medical groups who weren't finding being a part of FICOR was increasing their revenues enough to make that management fee worthwhile. In 1998, the Wall Street Journal wrote about the revolt of the 100-plus physician practices in Arkansas and Florida that were starting to dissolve ties with FICOR. Some doctors ended up going to court to get out of non-compete agreements. Important external factors were also happening at the time. Hillary care never ended up happening, and insurance reimbursements across the decade decreased. Meanwhile, malpractice costs increased. Eventually, FICOR filed for bankruptcy in 2002 and did what Peter called a fire sale of practices back to physicians for about 15 to 20 cents on the dollar. So now you had this sort of sad situation. It was sad from my perspective because I had spent my entire career in the physician practice management world and perhaps the best model had sort of dissipated and gone away, not only FICOR, but others. Um, And so I think that left the hospitals an opportunity to do what made a lot of sense for them, which was in particular to acquire primary care capacity, sometimes specialties as well, but but more heavily focused on primary care capacity. So so that primary care capacity uh, became obviously a big initiative for hospitals in the early 2000s through, through present day. Peter said FICOR made a few big mistakes. One of the mistakes was the price earnings multiple got so ridiculous that it drove a, a, a need to do deals. Yeah, I remember one year we were like one of the 10 or 15 best stocks in the country and you get all this you know, great publicity, but there's the very practical issue of you know, how, do you, how do you deal with that? Um, how do you realistically manage that? It's, it's not a kind of a business like a Tesla or something like that, where you can just, you know, expand the scope ad infinitum. Um, there, there is a limit, particularly if your philosophy is we want to stay focused on the multi-specialty group. Given his experience, I asked Peter about whether he thought the current roll-ups were going to result in a similar fate as the physician practice management companies. This is a difficult business. It's never been an easy business. It's a business of nickels and dimes. It's not a business where you can easily amass, um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, volume and, and capacity. And you kind of have to struggle with, okay, well, we, what's really behind this? Is it anything more than just saying we've got a nice three or five year track record of acquiring a bunch of businesses that are common? They're similar, but they may not be integrated in any way. And now we're just going to flip that. Peter says, although FICOR and physician practice management companies may not have been the right model for physician practices, he laments that there still isn't a good one out there yet. We still haven't found the right perfect relationship for physician structures, whether that's hospital employment, single specialty, multi-specialties, freestanding, you know, part of a PPM relationship. We're still struggling in terms of other areas of the healthcare world, hospitals and ambulatory facilities and diagnostic facilities and such. There's sort of a greater consensus, in my opinion, in terms of the best way to run the model, the, the, the delivery of care and the economics of, of care and those. But we haven't really got there yet with physicians. And it's unfortunate. I hope we do get there. That was Peter Kendrachuk, former FICOR executive. Coming up in the third part of our series about how private equity acquisitions of physician practices are impacting the healthcare market, we'll look at the emergency medicine and hospital-based space, where private equity rolled up physicians starting in the early to mid-2000s.
Thanks for listening to GIST Healthcare Daily. I'm Alex Olkin. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news on GISTHealthcare.com. GIST Healthcare Daily is an independent production of GIST Healthcare. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.